Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. We spent Monday's episode at Astoria Elementary under the watchful eye of our teacher, Mr. Schwarzenegger, which means today we're enrolling in the exclusive Horace Green Prep School, where a one Mr. Jack Black will be teaching only one class how to rock. Because from 2003, it is School of Rock. He doesn't come up with the rent by the end of the week. He's out of here. You wake me up for that? Come on! Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was buying. You're an embarrassment. Maybe it's time to give up those dreams. Don't you miss rocking out? You're not a teacher, Ned. You're the cross-dressing incubus from Maggot Death. Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub, and soon I'll be a certified teacher. Show which film will be victorious in this substitute teacher tussle. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clashbutters. I've been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> and joining us once again for this substitute teacher tussle, the wonderful host of the Absolute Radio Breakfast Show, it's Mr. Dave Berry. Hello, everyone. Great to be back. Yes, School of Rock Day. How exciting. Yeah, a rock DJ to talk to us about School of Rock. Oh, look at that. What, what a segue. Just thought of that. Just amazing. And they're always working. <laughs> you know the bit where Jack Black's writing all of the kind of history of rock and roll yes. on, the, on the chalkboard? Yes. I had to do that when I joined Absolute Radio. Yes. They made me sit there for three hours and just go through it all. Yep. Did you make any mistakes? Lots. You can hear yeah. them on air regularly. <laughs> <laughs> that was Def Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> Joni Mitchell, love that guy. Anyway, it's 10 past eight. Uh, good stuff. Right, so this is part two of Kindergarten Cop versus School of Rock. On Monday, then, we watched a man meet his end while holding a ferret. Is there anything that can equal that unforgettable image today? Let me take you on a journey. Despite sounding like an illness fish suffer from, Dewey Finn is a human man, a man who likes to rock. Unfortunately, his band kicks him out, his flatmate's girlfriend wants him gone, and so he does the most obvious thing and pretends to be a substitute teacher at a local fancy pants prep school to make some money. But hold on, these kids can play! So Dewey goes about turning them into rock stars with the aim of winning Battle of the Bands, and that is it. That's your plot, that's everything. For the rest of the 109 minutes, Jack Black does Jack Black. And depending on your love for Jack Black doing Jack Black, you may or may not love this movie. Clash Brothers, for your consideration, a school of rock. So, histories with this movie. I'll start. I swear you were at this party. Anyway, I was was talking to Dave about this. Uh, MTV, I went to see this movie at a screening for the movie show that I was doing. And then there was one of the greatest after-premiere parties in the history of after-premiere parties for this movie. Jack Black was there, the kids from the movie were there, and they performed School of Rock, the song, Ah, from the movie on stage at this premiere party. It was brilliant, and you don't remember it. No, my history with this movie is that apparently I saw it <laughs> before it came out of cinemas, an exclusive screening followed yep. by an after party. Yep. But unfortunately, it being as it was 2003, okay. it's, a bit, it's a bit fuzzy. Do you not remember me? I had your face like this and I was like, Dave, remember tonight. <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> premiere in party case, ever. In case in exactly 20 years' time. Yep. There's going to be this platform named Podcast, David. <laughs> Heed my words. You looked at me and you said, Alex, I will never... Never forget tonight. <laughs> Alex, let's clash it with Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Which only came out 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, it was great. We had such a great night. Did we? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> we, we we swore that we'd never have as night as good as that, yeah. and we never have. Is that the first time we kissed? Or <laughs> yeah, it is. I, do you know? I'm not not even like you know. I'm not playing to type or trying to sound rock and roll or cool because I am neither of those things. I don't remember that. What I can tell you about my history with this movie is I know I've seen it numerous times. Mm. And it is now my niece, Alice, who is 11 years old. It's her favourite movie. Amazing. And I like the fact that, as you say, 20 years on, it's still resonating with kind of young people and people who would have been around the age of the kids in the class. And that's probably why, you know. So so I've got so I'm fond of this movie. Yeah, it's a very lovely, easy film to watch. I I watched it when it came out. I think we put it on the cover of the magazine I worked for at the time, Hot Dog. Mm. Great name. Yeah. And not really. And um. (laughs) It's one of those films, I think, if it's on the telly, or no matter what bit it's on, you could just sort of watch it to the end, because it's just a very easy uh, watch, isn't it? I don't... I'm, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to be a stick in the mud here, but uh, I'm not as in love with this film as a lot of people. I find it just quite... Tedious, really? Yeah, I, I, I mean, happy to have all the free drinks at the launch party, though. Classic Zane. Five stars. Five stars. I love it. Oh, yeah. How much you up? How much you got there, Black? Yep. How much yep. you got? Well, because me, because I think the premiere party was so good, and we were all at MTV at the time, and I think it was. Like, I was where? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Remember, I held your face in the office. Of I was like, this is the greatest job. Sometimes it's like that Spider-Man kiss, even when I'm upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a uh, I'm, I'm a face holder. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and I think right, because... Can you stop doing it now? I'm trying to do the podcast. <laughs> so Viacom own Paramount Pictures and MTV, and so I think they basically just put on a massive party mm. because we were MTV's uh, golden generation of VJs. Um, I, I'm not calling us that. We were called that um, in the press a lot, actually. Uh, I can find the articles. In fact, we should tweet them. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, well, that's why we were sort of... We, 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 we arrived like stars... Well, well, you know, the coolest thing about being an MTV presenter, right, is that you're like the coolest of the cool. Mm. And if you still bang on about that 20 years later, (laughs) you're a pretty cool dude. Of course, I remember Jack Black going, can I get your autograph? And I was like, mate, get on stage and play the song. That's why I'm here. Five stars. But these aren't even the kids from the film. I don't care. Get them up there. Is that Alex from European Gigolo? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, But my character's name is Dan Vanderhoek. They actually slag MTV off in Uh, in this film. And Jack Black and and, um, and uh, Richard Linklater both even on the day they were shooting it were waiting for the shooter to tell them you've got to take that line out they couldn't believe they got away with it mm-hmm. because they were yeah just yeah, well they had have, they have a point as well but it's biting the hand that feeds you <laughs> fucking hated it there <laughs> awful awful place no it was great we were the best uh, <laughs> what's going on I'm not even part of this yes. just, you know, I'm sitting back <laughs> right then uh, do you want to know a bit about this movie yes I yeah, do I'd love to great stuff this movie uh, that you hate uh, it's uh, written by I don't know some guy uh, it's alright Good. Shall we talk about... <laughs> no. Uh, Mike White. Uh, the brilliant Mike White. Brilliant Mike movie. White. Uh, uh, Mike White Lotus, you could call him now. Oh, very good. See? Always working. Have you yeah. seen the White Lotus? I, I know I have to. It's, it's on, so good. It's on the, yeah, I know so it's he, on he, he's wrote, he wrote both series what, himself. Ned Schneebly? Ned Schneebly. Yeah. Oh, I did not Yeah, he's that. a brilliant writer. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Oh, that's good. Fantastic. Uh, there's a weird story about what part of the inspiration for this movie came from the Langley Schools mm-hmm. Music Project, which is a, a, a Canadian school teacher basically got kids from loads of elementary schools and had them re-record like rock classics and David Bowie songs, Beach Boys songs and then they released it. I think it was called what was it called? Innocence and Despair was the title <laughs> of this album and it just vanished and no. And then someone, a, a record collector found it in this record shop in 2001 and it became this big thing because apparently it's just really, really haunting. <laughs> I've got some quotes. Um, David Bowie said of the version of Space Oddity that was on it, it was a piece of art that I couldn't have conceived of, describing the vocals as earnest, if lugubrious. Uh, Neil Gaiman, the author, I wish every school taught music like this. I wish, every, I wish every piece of music recorded in a school gymnasium were this haunting. Wow. So that was part of the inspiration. So cool. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Mike White, he was living next door to Jack Black at the time. Uh, Black was sort of breaking through, just on high fidelity, and he was getting sent a lot of comedy scripts that he hated. And he'd show them to Mike White, and Mike White, he didn't think they were very good. He said they were invariably these f- flat comedies or he was like the John Belushi guy who gets drunk and falls through a sliding glass door or something. Black described them as boring frat guy garbage. So White thinks he can do better, and he knew 
Dwight was into his rock music, so Tenacious D, and then he had this idea of him leading a band of little kids. Somehow it just seemed like a funny visual, is what he said. Uh, he thought of him being more of a W.C. Fields uh, guy, he, someone who you didn't really want around kids, but that was part of the fun of it. Uh, it goes to Richard Linklater. Scott Rudin, the producer, sends it to Richard Linklater, who's uh, had some success with Dazed and Confused and Before Sunrise at this point, and Linklater goes, nah, <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Pass. And then he gets a call going, yeah, we're not accepting your pass. Uh, and he's like... What does that mean? So in the end, uh, he thinks, wow, you really want me to do this movie? Well, he said he spoke to Jack Black. That's what convinced him. Mm. He got on the phone with Jack Black. And also, at the time, Linklater had a 10-year-old daughter. And so he just felt like he was in the right place, that he couldn't have done it before, but he just felt like he knew how to connect and talk to and communicate with someone of that age. And so it just all sort of fell into place for him. But his big thing is he wanted to avoid cute he hated the cute kid movies. Right. And so he wanted to have it with kids that weren't the cute. typical cute. <laughs> uh, we want to cast your child in this movie. Uh, we're, we're working on the deal now. We just want you to know we're casting them because they're really not cute. At all. At all. So are you happy for them to be in this movie? Because a disgusting child, actually. If I could be really completely honest, not cute. Cute is not a word I would ever use to describe your offspring. And Jack Black said he wanted Richard Linklater to direct it, but also he was really worried that he would rein him in and rein what he does in. But then on the commentary, he says that actually he saved him a few times from himself because obviously Jack Black can go bigger mm. and bigger and yep. bigger and so sometimes he needed to be tapped on the shoulder and said that that's enough yeah it's so Linklater's highest grossing movie still to this day and it was the highest grossing comedy uh, music themed comedy uh, just such I don't know sometimes these stats annoy me it's like it's the highest grossing music themed comedy <laughs> right of, not musical no yeah yeah music themed comedy uh, until 2015 when Pitch Perfect 2 usurped it 130 million on a 30 million dollar wow. budget and uh, as you said at the start Dave it's it's Still finding a new audience today. People are still going back to this movie. Not me. Other people um, are still going back to this movie because if parents have kids and they think their their kids aren't very cute, they show them this movie and it's like, you see, you can still do well and not be cute, darling. So that's uh, part of the reason it's still popular. Uh, It went on. Have a stage show. Uh, it, uh, yeah, Julian te- Fellows and Andrew Lloyd Webber, mm. which is not who'd spring to mind immediately when you're thinking rock and roll, but... Not really. Been a huge hit. Mm. And uh, Mike White uh, lived with Jack Black in New York while they were filming this, and uh, he says, how funny, how funny it was living with Jack Black. Uh, it felt like he was bringing the comedy home. I remember fire alarms going off and him in his underwear trying to turn off fire alarms. <laughs> <laughs> wow amazing that's I mean, an anecdote it's not it's it's just non-stop fun uh when he's around because the fire alarms are going yep, off yep. but he's trying to turn them off but not regular he's not wearing clothes <laughs> in pants he's in his underwear try wait a laugh there's another story oh. he's got another one and then he'd bring home a christmas tree and pine needles exploded over the house it's just like, oh, how do you get any work done oh, with that shit going on? Classic black and white. <laughs> it's like, because he's, yeah. he's brought the Christmas tree home. The pine needles have gone everywhere. Yeah. And it was July. <laughs> now, that, that would be great. Yeah, and it was that. July, because he's that madcap. Uh, yeah. He brought a Christmas tree up. Uh, anyway, he says it was a lot of fun. Uh, it turned Jack back into a star. Big movie for him. Shall we go through it? Yeah. Uh, so we start on our way into a bar. Love this bar. Really want to hang out in this bar. Want to go there. Are there bars like this in Austin? Yes. Great. Great. Yeah. Love this bar. Uh, we see the title of the movie. Yeah. The wrong title. Yeah. The School of Rock. Yes. They oh, changed the title after they shot that. Oh, I'm a, yeah. And to be honest, on the commentary, because you know they record the commentary sort of before the film comes out, just after they've made it. They're still confused on the commentary about what the title of the film's going to be. And they're kind of annoyed that they're dropping the, the studio's dropping the. Mm. But oh, it was, had, a, it was a studio decision. Well, they're not sure. They just aren't sure what's happening with they're the title. Sure. Oh, God, jeez. That's a bit. <sighs> if you've already shot it with The School of Rock in it, yeah. just, it's just, it's not That's worth the title it. of the film. I mean, do you know what? I think this might rival your nine ferrets trivia on monday's episode uh, i've actually got some facts here about this uh, the original screenplay for the film was named the school of rock okay but right. it was later shortened to just school of rock yep yep however the opening credits include a large neon sign designed for the production that displays the title as the school of rock the director richard linklater decided not to digitally remove the extra word during the opening credits as it already had been partially shown in cinemas yeah i think i'd, I'd handled that already 
Were you ever in a band, Dave? <laughs> yeah, we were called Oedipus Wrecked. Is that right? Mm. What kind of thing did you yeah. play? I kind of was in charge of what? flouncing around. You were the singer? No. Oh. No, Jay was the singer and the guitarist and so, the talented one. So you were like I Bez? Think, yeah, I was like a Bez character, but with like flared chords and retro shirts. And so what was the music? Was it baggy sort of indie? No, it was kind of like heartfelt, lovely, guitar-y bass stuff. Okay. We, we rehearsed maybe three times. Right. And then, you know, we'd drink a lot. And mm. Did you, you, I was a lot like that guy in School of Rock who, who chats up the head teacher in the end. Yes. You know, I had a leather, semi, <laughs> semi-nude leather with sex written above my, tattooed above my belly button. But creative differences wow. put, put an end to it? The whole, the whole shebang, yeah. No, we were called Oedipus Wrecked. We talked about how good we would be. And then we never did anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the history of our band. Uh, were you ever in a band, Chris? Like, I was the only one that knew the words to Three Lions in 1996, <laughs> so I played I played that a few times with the band. Okay. Uh, so you yeah, were and I did, I did, well, and part life, mainly mainly speaking. Right. And then, yeah, I did I did play tambourine for a band called Betty Shrink once. Okay. But then I couldn't Betty keep time. Betty Shrink. Betty's Shrink. Betty's Shrink. Yeah. Named after Betty Blue. Very pretentious. How about you, Al? I feel like we've talked about this before, but yeah. yeah. I, was in, I was in Batmouse, uh, <laughs> spelled B-A-T-M-A-U-S, to make it sound like we were a bit like Kraftwerk, but we didn't play music like that. We played pop punk. Sounds more like, I'm thinking more Danger Mouse. <laughs> yeah, right, good. Yeah, I, I was the lead singer. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, my mum came to see uh, one of our first gigs, and after I came off stage, she went, I think you're tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, kind of not my and confidence. And you said no, we're Batmouse. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was never a great singer, and I, in the end, I started apologising for how bad we were between the songs, which is how I then segued into stand-up because I was like, oh, oh, that's way more fun getting laughs for apologising for being shit. Uh, so I, I did that in my apologise so for being a shit stand-up so as well, which your, is very funny. It's your origin story. My origin story. Oedipus yeah. Rec never even took to a stage. Honestly, when you asked me if I was in a band, and I said yes briefly. I just mean we would talk about what it'd be like to be in a band. <laughs> never actually in a band. I had a conversation with two other people about what it would like if we were a that band. Counts. That yeah, counts. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so, uh, we see Jack Black performing on stage. I mean, I, I, the people are sort of going, these guys suck. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're they pretty good. Yeah. It's sort of a weird, sort of like you're watching this going, these are great. And people are going, these guys are rubbish. I'm like, that doesn't kind of translate. Uh, Jack Black jumps off the stage and hits the ground, which was inspired by watching the Cult, uh, where the lead singer of the cult did that and no one caught him. Oh, and Jack wow. Black thought it was hilarious and decided to put it in a film. It is hilarious. It's he's... funnier than the fire alarm stuff, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, he says he's never actually stage died. No, I heard him say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He and he was it... really quite frightened the day he, he, he obviously there it's a stunt, but the, the scene at the end where he does it, he said he was terrified, yeah. but they had stuntman ready. Because he, he said he's never stage dived because he doesn't feel like uh, his body type yeah. is right for he's, stage diving. He says it'd be like throwing a bowling ball into the crowd, is his quote. <laughs> But yeah. um, I but I like that opening bit. I, I like the way we, you know, Jack Black trying to tell the the tech is the first time you see him trying to tell the tech to turn up his guitar, and then he kind of breaks away from having this one sided argument because obviously you can only see Jack to deliver that perfect like high pitch like rock and roll note, and then he does that first time you see that Jack Black face. Yeah. Where it's kind of like it's all knowing that it's like this is all pure yeah. rock and roll, <laughs> just doing right Jack things. And then there's the stage dive where obviously no one catches him. And I just think within that that opening kind of two minutes, it sets up who yeah. we're with for the whole film, hundred percent, and, and, and and what his weaknesses are, and and that'll get fixed by the end of the film. Hmm. Uh, shall we meet Patty? Sarah Silverman's character, Patty, who lives uh, with Ned, uh, who's the roommate of Dewey. Uh, so Tina Fey auditioned for this part, but they couldn't make it work because of her SNL schedule. I think Patty is too horrible. <laughs> so I've I really had, struggle with I that ha- character because she's like, you, you, I mean, it's the writing and it's the performance, but it's, it's, it's not really Sarah Silverman's fault. It is. Like, she's just so unlikable. I've heard her talk about this period of her career. She said she hated because she only got offered the nagging girlfriend or the annoying Jewish woman. Right. And that's what she had to play in every film. Why would you cast someone who's a stand-up comedian who's really funny and then not even one funny thing to do? Ugh. She said she needed the work, but she was just stuck in this rut of playing these awful people mm. that she didn't like. And you're right, she's just completely one-dimensional. And actually, what she says is right and makes sense. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, it's an extreme version of it, but she talks sense in this film. And she does. She does quite. I mean, she's unlikable, but she does. Like, you get what she's doing. Like the, the line where she goes, "Ned, aren't you tired of letting people push you around? Now get in there and do it." It's funny. It's like she's got. She does a lot with what she's given, but yeah, she's just not. There's no nothing. There's no redemption for her in the movie. I think, uh, which is a problem. Uh, Jack Black calls, says, I'll throw you and your dog a bone, which is Kai's calling her a dog in that moment. Yeah, not not a good moment. Yeah, I There's a couple that. of those throughout this film. Uh, but then you got funny lines like, would you tell Picasso to sell his guitars? That's great. Dude, yeah. I've been mooching off you for years and it's never been a problem until she showed up. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, but he gets fired from his band, uh, replaced by Spider. I love Spider. Love that outfit. I think I could pull it off as well. I've been thinking yeah, a lot 100%. about that. Yeah, their costume designer came up with that, and it's it's very memorable. Mm. She should have been up for an Oscar. And also, uh, Jack Black Kung Fu in the symbol just feels like pure Jack Black. Yeah. That is the moment where you go, this is, he's just like off, he's been off, he's been let off the leash. He's yeah. allowed to just do, he's Jack Blacking over everything. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so let's get to the school. Ten minutes in, by the way, he's got the job and he's in the school. Is that, is, really? that is fast. Oh, wow. Swift storytelling. Uh, uh, he, he, do, he gets it through the, the phone call, but in the original script, they had him uh, breaking a teacher's leg to get the job. I thought he knocked oh. down. He, I thought he hit them with his van in the original. Well, maybe, and maybe break right, the right, leg. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that didn't work. So I think this is a better way of getting it in the school. Even like the bit where he takes the call and he says, oh, he's just coming through the door now. And yeah. he just does this lovely bit of visual comedy <laughs> with the phone. And it goes, on a, little, it goes on a little bit too long. That's what's which, great yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of wraps the cord around yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 it's nice. And then it's the voice he does. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a really good. Button Sounds nothing on like Mike White. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's off to school. We meet Ros Mullins, played by Joan Cusack, who's oh, obviously just a goddess. She's, she's really, fantastic in this. Yeah, well. love her. The only person they considered for that role. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know I said I find this movie a bit tedious, and I, I do think there are really fun moments in it. But I just, uh, I think it's. It's it's almost too nice. It, it it needs to be edgier. Like the the quote I used at the start, you know, I, I've touched your kids and your kids have touched me. I think that's funny, and I think it needs to be edgier. But there are some good moments. Him trying to write Mr. Schneebly on the board <laughs> when he gets, <laughs> when he gets yeah. to the 30E. <laughs> then he gives up and just rubs it off. A bit call me Mr. S. <laughs> uh, it like, works on so many levels. Uh, him having a hangover. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't it mean you're drunk? No, it means I was drunk yesterday. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, Freddie Jones says he's got a disease because he's an alcoholic. <laughs> and we get this weird scene. So I think we're trying to set up is Roz, like, Joan Cusack's character, meant to be really fucking scary? Because, like, there's that weird moment where she's with the little girl who's crying in the office. It's all right, Emily, don't cry, just be a bit more conscientious. It's I a don't weird know. moment. I think, she, I think she's, she's sticking the mud, isn't she? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, she does address that, like, she wasn't, you know, there's that big monologue about I wasn't always this way. Yeah, yeah she's just so, become very conservative, I think. I think. She, yeah, she just doesn't... The, the idea of, like, a, a parent seeing a child crying or a school inspector seeing a child upset just is, like, her worst nightmare. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, everyone just pull yourself together kind of thing. <laughs> it works as a gag, because you're like... I'm, it's like, this kid is crying because she hasn't been conscientious enough. And it's, it's it works. It works. Um, so, yeah, that first day... Oh. Bit of nostalgia there. Remember when you were in school waiting for the clock to hit? It was 20 past three in our school. Mm. Just watching that, just going, I can't, I can't wait to get out of here. I think it, we had RE as our last lesson. It was always like everyone was just like... Half talking. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> just like, get out of this school. Um, just leave at lunchtime like I did. That's the key to that. <laughs> did you Did you, leave did you ever go back? Sometimes I would go back, but no, sometimes no. I just not go back. <sighs> what a rebel. What a rebel. Naughty. What did you call it? Skiving. We called it skiving. We're Oedipus Rex! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, we yeah bunking off. Right. We just, we'd be able to go to like, we go to like Katie's house for lunch. We'd often put on Point Break. Um, oh, good. Excellent. And we'd watch Point Break and just not go back. It didn't happen a lot, but mm. it happened more than it should have done. I was such really. a goody two-shoes. I never did that. I missed out. I, yeah, I did it once to watch a pirate copy of The Crow on VHS. Uh, but we all did it. We only did it once and we all left at the same time. And then we all got into trouble because everyone went, 
obviously you were all here this morning and you just all left and it's like right yeah the perfect- you were the only one who came in the next day wearing a black cape with a white face on. <laughs> yeah. apparently using the argument yeah but it was just PE in the afternoon is an acceptable <laughs> like, yeah, yeah the PE there was a golden period at school where uh, I think it was my final year at secondary school where our last lesson on a Friday was double drama oh. and that for me is just the, the dream mm, the yeah. creme de la creme of the British education system right there it's Friday have double drama Perfect. Monday was clarinet and games mm. so I had to bring a musical instrument and like football boots <laughs> in a bag on a bus I didn't, did you play the clarinet, clarinet. How many times are we going to talk about this? I don't know, because I, I, I... Every time I'm a guest on one of your many podcasts, <laughs> yep. you say to me, you used to play the clarinet. I always forget. It's because it's... Yeah, I was in a school orchestra. Lovely. Yeah, which is just as cool as Oedipus Rex, if you think about have it. You ke- have you kept the clarinet up? <laughs> no, I can still play the Pink Panther theme on it, though. Can you really? Next yeah. time. Next time. Really. And now I ain't telling no lies <laughs> when I'm talking about rock and roll. That's amazing. Oh, Yeah. Anyway, I would have been one of the kids in the class and Jack Black would have kind of gone like, yeah. hey, Dave, you can, you, you can play the pipes. I'd be like, yeah. And he'd go like, this is a saxophone. <laughs> I'd go home and watch loads of videos of someone playing the saxophone. Yeah, like, oh, Clarence, Clem- Clarence Clements. I'd go and watch Clarence Clements. Oh, I love drama as well. We had a drama teacher and it, it, when he got angry, he had a little Rice crispy bit of skin on his neck and it used to quiver when he used to uh, get angry and shout at us. The quivering crispy? Yeah. What is wrong with you? What? Sorry, he was talking about the clarinet, the clarinet's a serious yeah, I was talking instrument. about a, a cherished childhood memory. Of- Do you know what? Let's, let, 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 let's move into uh, meeting the kids. So we got the kids. We've got the kids now. Uh, we got Zach, Zach Attack, Moneyham on lead guitar, Freddie Smiggy Jones on drums, We've got uh, uh, Lawrence, Mr. Cool on keyboards. Uh, Robert Sy, uh, the guy actually uh, argued for director Richard Linklater not to put him in the movie because yeah. he said he, was, uh, he wasn't right for the part. He was too shy. And Richard Linklater went, no, that's exactly why you're right for the well, part. Well, that, that scene's in the film where he says, I shouldn't be in the band, I'm not cool enough. And he sounded like such a sweet kid. He's the one that went on the real journey because he was a good classical pianist who'd never heard any rock music. Mm. And so he's, he went on the same journey that his character did. And it's very sweet. They said that at the end of the shoot he sent them all letters to say thank you oh there's a nice bit in the movie where whilst everyone else like zach attack is enjoying the fact that they're just like kind of checking out and they're yeah. not doing any are we what's the word he says are we gonna just laze around like this all day mm. kind of he says this is rock and roll so no rock and roll then sir but um larry's character is actually reading like some biology book yeah and he's like put that down he, he, he's playing <laughs> himself and they said yeah. that zach is the lad who's doing the most acting because he was a very cool kid who was brilliant at guitar uh-huh. and so he was finding it very hard to play guitar stiffly <laughs> and badly uh, and we also have a uh, billy right. billy fancy pants as the band mm. stylist uh who gets that brilliant line um you're tacky and i hate you it's um, a great line <laughs> yeah you're tacky and i hate you Okay, you see me after class. It's brilliant. He delivers the shit out of it. Yeah, the actor's called uh, Brian Falduto, and he says, I think it's like one of the top 20 gifts of all time, which is insane. If you told me before I said that line that it was going to be such a big deal, I probably would have fucked it up somehow. I'm glad that no one told me it would be haunting me 15 years later. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing about this. In a little bit of research for the movie, and I know that it's shock horror, but all of those kids are 30-something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just really quite strange. They're about about to get back together for the 20-year anniversary. And so, oh. yeah, they're all they're all pushing thirty. Yeah, and so, yeah. I, I watched the last anniversary they did, where they all got on stage and did a gig, did a couple of songs with Jack Black, and it is it's mad seeing it. I like to think about those kids, uh, probably wherever they are. They're probably talking about that time they met us at the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the premiere yeah. after party. That's probably we, we should we should we should maybe make an appearance at this reunion. Just um, let them know that you know we're still. Do you remember that guy dressed fans? as the crow and his really drunk friend, <laughs> <laughs> the one he kept holding by the head? <laughs> he just kept touching everyone's face. Uh, so yeah, uh, right. So he turns it into a school project. Uh, Summer's not happy with her role. I research groupies. They're sluts. They sleep with the band. Yeah, Jack Black said he he was really uncomfortable saying that you're the groupies just because of the connotations yeah, it just yeah. felt but weird. then he turns it into your fans you're doing the exactly and that was him that did that yeah, that was yeah. him that and added he needed that, that. Yeah, yeah 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 he said that the lines that weren't the best are the ones he was most uncomfortable saying <laughs> but that's what it is it's that pushing the envelope that you wanted more of I guess yeah I certainly like that I think it's fun when you you have a kid going they're sluts 
it's funny. It's a funny. Yeah. It's a funny line for a little kid to say. She's good, her as well. Summer. She is. Yeah. So she's the one when when Linklater was was having doubts about it, and he was going through the tapes of the the kids auditioning when her audition came through because it was written as a perky blonde know it all, and then that girl wasn't quite that. Had a bit more sensitivity, and when he cast her, he felt like he had a movie then that she was sort of the glue that helped stick it all together. Mm. Mm. No, she's very good. And she's, she went on to become quite a big star. She had a big TV career. Still, a, still, a, she's probably the most successful of all the actors in this. Yeah, okay. that is factually correct. Uh, I like it when Bat, uh, Jack Black is, he's nervous about performing his initial song that he's written, The Legend of the Rent. Oh, that's great. <laughs> right, it's a great song, because it's, it's, it's everything. You're not hardcore, it's everything, unless you live it? hardcore. It's got all that mystical Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd shit going on, but also it's him just talking about himself and his problems. It's, just one problem, the band is mine. <laughs> How can you kick me out of what is mine? <laughs> it's great, I, I, I noted it down as well, because performing at acapella and just the, the way he's chucking out the stage directions as well yeah. like I'm going to need you here smoke yeah. there's one yeah. single laser beam it lights my face that's right I need you lighting over there and he's he's almost talking them through there that's what I think is the, 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 the sweetness of this movie I think is that to encourage children and to encourage young people and to you know to ask their opinion on things and to, to ask them what do you think about this because what you have to say is valuable to me yeah. and I think Jack Black brings that throughout the film and well, I think he's like, like even when they name the band I just thought it was such a lovely moment when there's these kids kind mm. of looking on quite nervously they've come up with it they're like 11 years old and he almost kind of stands up and he's like get the guitar this is awesome fetch my guitar I love it and you know and he kind of the way he embraces the songwriting yeah. and he embraces all of these things he's giving them, el- them all ownership and what's important here is 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 um, Richard Linklater loves music and Jack Black loves music. I mean, he's a genuine rock star, and yeah. so and so it was very important to them. So when they are doing that scene with with all the the um, the, the the rock education on the blackboard and on the on the boards, Linklater said, "I hate people who say, well, this is the history, this is what's right.'" He says, "No one knows." So he said, "I got everyone, all the cast, all the crew to chip in, and we put together that board together because everyone's got an opinion on yeah. rock music." And so and and Jack Black said, "It was so important to me that we got it right because I, this means." so much to me that I want everything that we mention every bit of advice that we give is true and real to rock and I think you can feel that that love comes through and I think that's why it still resonates Mm, agreed. I, I mean, I, I, fr- I paused it on the on the chalkboard to take a look, and there's some incredible artists on there. And it's also Was it exactly the same as Absolute. 100. Yeah, percent so do, do you know who this is, Dave? I'm not tied to the chair. Go, go now. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but you know what? What's great about this as well is, is there is for the viewer there's an education in music as well mm. because I think, you know, some of the songs they choose to showcase, even when he, you know, is going around the, the guys at first, like when he says, like, you play the cello, it's like that, but it's on its side or, or whatever. Yep. And he gets them playing bass lines and chords and, and, and you know, and notes from really iconic songs from yeah. the world of rock and roll. So you can see, and that's because he is a music fan and he is a rock star. Jack, Jack Black on that commentary says, my favourite keyboard solo of all time is that door solo from the that doors. he teaches the yeah. kids. And it's like, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on now. (laughs) It's great. And also, it's just, when you think about visually, this isn't the most dynamic film visually. It feels like, when you think about this movie, you think about watching Jack Black standing at the front of a classroom with kids watching him. And that's why it's his performance is this movie, because he keeps it so dynamic. He keeps, like, it feels so fresh, so improvised. He's always moving. Yeah, and it's like there's an an energy to him that makes an otherwise quite static shot seem very dynamic. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll find out that some kids have a couple of issues. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. So we're back at Tamika. She she wants to sing, but she's a bit nervous. Mm. Then, then listen to that voice. She can sing. Oh, chain of fools. She can sing. Zach, his dad. His dad's a right cunt. He doesn't, <laughs> want, to, <laughs> doesn't want him to play electric guitar. But yeah, Zach's going to do it. Um, 
I love the montage of them practicing their new respective skills to the Ramones. Mm. Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Yeah, the Fantastic. back the backing singers doing their dancing oh. and their harmonies. It's just it's, it's lovely watching it all come together. Yep, yep. Uh, Roz got drunk once and did a Stevie Nicks impression. We're going to see how that's going to come back. Sort yeah, of. that's quite funny. On the commentary, like, Blinklet is pissing himself, going, man, we we couldn't have signposted that more. Is that too on the nose? <laughs> like, I'm just embarrassed that we did that. But, yeah, you have to because you've got, you've got to pay off in about five minutes. Although he did say that um, it was the chain by Fleetwood Mac that she was going to be dancing to in the pub. But when they were rehearsing, they could just tell that, she, that, that um, Joan Cusack preferred Edge of Seventeen by Steve. TV Nicks, it's sort of what got her going. Really? And so they switched yeah. the songs around. But it is, you know, it is a song that will never fail to get anybody on planet Earth going. Yeah. You know, if you've never heard Age of 17 by Stevie Nicks, by the way, <laughs> go and listen to it as soon as you finish the podcast. In fact, we'll wait. Go and listen to it now. Yeah, we'll just wait. Yeah. How was it? Good, exactly. Now you yeah. get it. Now, yeah, imagine yeah. John Cusack and that. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're getting it. You're welcome. So, uh, they didn't get to the audition in time, but the kids are dying. They've got a rare... That's funny. Oh, that, again, like what, you, what yeah. you said earlier on, that's, that's when, funny. When they look out the window and Freddy's just collapsed on the floor, <laughs> yeah. that really made me and laugh. Is it stick it to the manitis or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, stick it to the mandiosis. It's a rare blood disease. Stick it to the manniosis. Rare blood disease. Frank Wally is the guy who tells them they're too late. Uh, yeah. He's doing a cameo. He's a quite a well-known actor. He's He plays one of the Doors in The Doors. Oh, really? A little bit of, little bit of oh. oh, that's interesting. Uh, we get the immigrant song on the soundtrack, Led Zeppelin, yeah. uh, notoriously hesitant to ever let their songs be used in movies. So Linklater had Jack Black record a plea in front of a thousand... Uh, I think it was when they were shooting the concert scene. Mm. He recorded a plea to Led Zeppelin going, please, let us use the immigrant song. And Led Zeppelin went... Yeah, all right. Because oh, the story wow. goes that Linklater wasn't allowed to use it on our favourite. Dazed and Confused. Yeah, he wanted uh, it for that. And, and, and he, so he'd already been turned down by Zeppelin. So he said to Jack, we've got to do something special here. And he pulled it out of the bag. Wow. It's a great scene that's in the van, isn't it, when that's played? Yeah. yeah. I will say, the, the, the film seems slightly bereft of drama in terms of, like, is Jack Black, is Dewey going to get caught out in school? And the only reason that I felt this is because the the scene where... Uh, Roz comes and sits in the mm. classroom and goes, mm. all right, show me your teaching method. For the first time, I was like, oh, there's actual drama here. And as, as it plays out, it's not drama. There's no, is he going to be able to do it? He just does another funny bit where he's like, the number nine of the magic number. Yeah. And it's fine. But I do sort of think... You wanted more jeopardy. I, I feel... Because I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the ride. But you're, you're right. Because it, what it does, unfortunately, is it reminds you as a viewer, which I hadn't even been aware of until that point, that... No one's come into this classroom in like a whole term now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's, seems it's, like. No, the, the time frame of the film is three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that, but I heard them explain. But there's that. also that lovely bit. I don't know what the, the the young actor's name is, but that where he's singing that song, he's teaching through song, mm. where she goes, "No," he goes, "No, it's nine. and she goes. No, it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's yeah. like, that yeah. look she gives yeah. him is really nice. <laughs> yes, it was. You're right, I was just checking. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so then he decides to take Roz out for a beer because he wants to get time off for the band to go and perform in Battle of the Bands. Funny line when she's sitting in that bar because he says, I'll take you out for coffee. And she goes to the waiter, <laughs> you're absolutely sure you have no coffee? <laughs> uh, they, they, this led to a scene in the script where they snogged. Yeah, it was taken out. It was meant Pulled to be it out. romantically involved. Yeah. It's weird that when I rewatched it for this, mm. I couldn't remember actually mm. if they ended up together Because it feels like it's going to and then That's it doesn't. That's it feels like it's going, yeah. But he's, uh, Linklater just said it felt like it was just opening up a whole can of worms that we didn't need to. And then we've got the fun scene at the end where she's with the, the rock god dude with, mm. the, with, the, with yeah, his chest which out. I, which I, which I like. Yeah, which is which what is I looked like when I was in Oedipus Rex. I can wrecked. imagine. I can yeah, see just it. The, just well, the I think you look like it now. You've clearly been hitting the gym. God bless you. What is the word? Hench. You look hench. Yeah. That's why I come here. That's why I come here. Uh, so, yeah, we learn a little bit about Roz, you know. I was fun, I was funny. The parents will come down on me like a nuclear bomb. And Dewey says, I think you're pretty cool. Uh, so, Zach has written the song. And it's a song 
that I love, School of Rock. Uh, I used to have this on my iPod because uh, I had an iPod in 2003 <laughs> and I used to listen to it religiously. Really? Big, yeah, it's a good big fan of this song. Obviously, the film doesn't work as well if the song doesn't work. No, you no, know, it's, got, it's It's a lot of pressure. And, cause Jack Did Black, Jack write that? No, no, he wanted to write all the music for the film and then realised he couldn't. <laughs> he just didn't have time and it was just too much pressure. So they, they got... Is it, is it Mooney Suzuki? I heard them say in the commentary was the band that they got to write I know that. they worked on some of the soundtrack. I don't right. know if they actually wrote this song. The Mooney Suzuki were great. Great, though. Mm. I remember listening to them a lot back in the day. Um, yeah, it's a good <coughs> song. It's, 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 it's a good song. And, uh, yeah, I'm a, bit, a big fan. Dewey, though, he has to tell Ned what he's done because... Why does he have to tell Ned what he's done? How does it emerge? What happens? Because uh, Ned's got a cheque from the school. That's right. Yeah. And he's you. calling the school to say, yeah. oh, I'm calling them now to tell them they've made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so Dewey tells him, and he says, "Don't tell Patty." And then Patty comes in and gives him that look. What's going on there? What's going on there? And he doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. So, parents' evening, mm. big speech. Why has my daughter become obsessed with David Geffen? <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is where we get the idea. Joan Cusack's character. This is her worst nightmare. So not only at this point has she reached out to Jack mm. and said, "Would you just like accompany me to this? Mm. Would you would you be by my side because I just feel more relaxed around you?" So that's kind of building what we thought might be a romance, yeah. that friendship. But we know that being confronted with the parents and all the pressure she's under, this is literally a, her idea of a living hell. Yep, <laughs> yep, and it. And it does all go wrong. Yeah. Uh, Linklater said he hated directing this scene because a lot of those parents uh, were, pl- were, were professional New York extras who all want to get their face on camera. And so he said they were just all, they all know exactly where the camera is and where it's looking and they're just trying to be front and centre for every scene. And he said, I'm just not used to <laughs> oh, working yeah. with pros. <laughs> like he's more, you know, he's into yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the counterculture amateur world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that line that I did at the start. My name is Dewey Finn. And no, I'm not a licensed teacher, but I have been touched by your kids and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. Funny. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. the button on the end of the trailer from my memory. Like yeah. that is the big joke that he goes out on. It's a good joke. It's a great joke. <clears throat> but then the police turn up. Uh, Patty is being awful again. Ned tells Dewey to move out. But the kids decide they still want to play the show. Well, I like this. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a really nice bit in the film where the kids give him the pep talk. Yeah. Mm. Because he has just been this this force, this ball of energy who has dragged everybody kicking and screaming through this whole process. Mm. And he's down and he's feeling like it's all over, and then they kind of Jack Black him in a way, don't yeah. they? Which I think is really nice. Yeah, you're making me emotional just describing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting to come round to this. I can uh, feel you. I can, uh, I can sense him changing uh, yeah. a little bit here. I was all, I had my heels dug in right at the start. I was like, I've got my mind made up on this film. I'm not going to be converted, and I, it's, it's happening. The Rock is filling just, me. Just going to watch the cry on my lunch break, whatever. <laughs> I don't even like this stuff, man. Too schmaltzy, yeah? <laughs> what was the tagline? Darker than the bat. The Crow. Good tagline. Right then, so, um, yeah, the, I, I think Joan Cusack's funniest line is where the parents are all shouting at her and shouting at her and then she just goes, I've just been informed all your children are missing. He's <laughs> <laughs> just done. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh. So we see Dewey's old band uh, before him. Uh, the, the, when they go to the Battle of the Bands, the, the, the two people in the cool shades leaning in the corridor, that is the Mooney Suzuki. Ah, uh, nice. I, was, I wondered, because I'm awful, you know, even though it's part of my world and everything else and I should know better, I wondered how peppered with cameos this movie was mm. by people in bands. But is, is, is that the kind is of that, level that we're more, at? It's or more, is the yeah, guitarist? It's in, less bands. It's more mates of Linklater actor. Nicky Cat was in it earlier. Amy Sedaris. It's, it's a lot of quite well known actors in little roles because everyone does favours for Richard Linklater because everyone loves him. He's a nice guy. He's, so chill. He's a really um, nice guy. So to, go, chill. to go slightly uh, well to go completely off movie topic here but to keep it on the theme is it true that when Michael J Fox auditions in Back to the Future that one of the people one of the teachers stood on the judging panel is one of Van Halen? No. The man who says I'm sorry guys you're just too darn, darn loud, loud is Huey Lewis. Oh from Huey Lewis and the News. Who wrote The Power of Love which is what yes, he's playing. Of course. He's actually playing along to a demo of uh, of, of the song that, 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 that Huey Lewis and the News did. That's it. Yeah. That yep. is it. Thanks, Chris. Good. Good. No problem. It's my favourite film, so I, yeah. I, yeah, got, no, I know my shit. I, and I just remember, I've not seen that scene in so long, yeah. but I knew there was some kind of like, oh, music yes, fact Huey about Lewis. it. And that is a good music fact. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so Dewey's old band are on before the kids take the stage. Bunch it, of posers. Posers, bunch of posers. He had his hair cut. Very believable. Yeah. You know, that, that, as Jack Black said on the commentary, that is what will get you signed. Mm. They look better, they sound better, and it's that, it's that sort of bland, middle-of-the-road American rock sound that will probably get them signed in yeah. that era. Yeah, because uh, then the kids take the stage. Again, great song, great performance. Love this. Love this moment. Um, I like that the <clears> keyboardist, one of the, in, the, in the lesson they mention, or you see Rick Wade, Wakeman, and then he's wearing a Rip Wakeman cape at the end. Oh. So it shows that they've learnt stuff, you know, that, along the way that it's all pulled together I've for got the ending here. Chills when Tamika takes over oh, lead vocals amazing. and does that bit. I've got them even now. Oh, yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's really great. Yeah. It's but, good. It's good. But this is the Rocky of high school band movies because they don't win. No. They uh, don't win. And, you know, they went back and forth on whether they should win or not. I guess it's the, it's the, it's the problem whenever you're writing a, a sports movie, do you have the team win or not? But I, feel, I think they figured it out to have them lose, but to, it's about the music and the audience wants them back on stage and not the other band. Yeah. I thought they did because it's a very tricky thing and, I, and watching it again, I wondered, because I knew it was coming, how they would handle it. I thought they did as good a job as possible with the faces and reactions of the crowd when they're performing. Because I think there's a good, there's a smile at how kind of cute this is. There's nodding along because it's, you know, yep. an infectious tune, but it's not too over the top. My God, this is the best yes. rock band I've ever seen. I yeah, see your yeah. point. And I think they do because that would have been a difficult thing to yeah. gauge. And I think they kind of get the tone just right. And, and I got found myself getting quite emotional unexpectedly when I saw the looks on the dad's faces when they when you saw this they were angry and suddenly they're feeling this pride yeah it's really it's really sweet yeah yeah Does yeah it, again the bit with Tamika is singing that is the cherry on top of that cake where it cuts away to the parents mm. and they're like oh my oh. god Oh. Did you want to play the clarinet at school or was it forced on you? <laughs> you remember now. I actually, um, the way that came about was um, when I was at junior school, somebody came in who we now know as the music teacher, the Dewey of the piece, uh-huh. and actually said, who would like to learn magic? Right? Uh, oh, what and a line. We all put our hands up. They selected, and I presume our parents had already suggested put us forward. They selected like eight of us. We then got taken to the music room. They had the little black case... He opened the little black case and he put the clarinet together because it comes in like six yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. And he said, and then he blew one single note and he said, now that there is magic and I'm going to teach you how to do it. Fucking mind game. I know, and I was like, he's fucking bullshit! That's, no, that's a no. I want to saw him in half! <laughs> um, Make it fucking disappear! This isn't magic. This is a lesson. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway, you and I have very different definitions yeah. of magic. <laughs> but but you know, I, I don't I don't regret it. I know. played the clarinet at school as well. I, I I had to give it up. It's one of the weirdest things. It, it's, what you got addicted to it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on eight clarinets a day. I've got, I've got to pack it in. You're going through them. Yeah. Uh, no, like it starts know, with the bell, and then you're eating the reeds. Because obviously, the clarinet makes a beautiful, ooh, sort of lovely, lovely ooh. sound when it's played properly. It's beautiful. But when it goes. That oh. sound, it's like, it, there are a few sounds that give me, like, I, it sends a shiver through me. And every time I played it badly, I, was, mm. I like, it spasmed. It was awful. Yeah. So I had to give it up. Benny Goodman, he ain't. Mm. Ask your grandparents. <laughs> uh, is uh, Evie playing a musical instrument yet? No, we've got her a little guitar. Okay. She plays, like, one of my guitars, which I can't play, but I have guitars because I'm that guy. <laughs> I'll play guitar right after I learn how to play guitar. <laughs> um, uh, have I ever told you the time I went over to Dave's flat in Fulham? And I swear to God, I was, I was like, there was, it was like exactly the right coffee table books arranged in a fan semicircle. There was a guitar on a stand in the corner. It was all so perfect. It looked like a serial killer's flat. It looked, it looked like someone trying to Hi. pretend they were normal. <laughs> you know when you remind me of what it was like when I was single, it makes me upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, darling. Uh, yeah, right. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, listen, we're into the final hurdle now. It is uh, everything's going well. Da, da, da. They don't win, but they get to do the encore. Mm. And now, what is Jack Black doing in his life? He's running some after school program. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Hang on. It's worth just noting because we, we touched on it, you know, in quite a big way earlier on. And I think people need to know this. We've got the lovely moment of the successful stage dive. Yes. So uh, yeah. we, we bookend with the, the, the comedy pratfall of nobody catching him to the yes. parents, elated parents and rock and roll fans alike giving Jack Black 
a proper stage dive moment. I think it's important that we mention Perfect bookends. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and that's it. So in 2008, uh, Jack Black was talking about a sequel. There was going to be a sequel in the works. Um, Richard Linklater was going to return. Scott Rudin was going to return as the producer. Mike White was going to return as the screenwriter. It's going to be called School of Rock 2. America Rocks, uh, which uh, picks up with Fair Dewey leading a group of summer school students on a cross-country field trip that delves into the history of rock and roll. Fast forward to 2012, and Black said he believed it was unlikely. I tried really hard to get all the pieces together. I wouldn't want to do it without the original writer and director. We never all got together and saw eye to eye on what the script would be. It was not meant to be, unfortunately. But never say never is his parting words on that. So mm. maybe... I don't the, clock, the clock is ticking on that one. Yeah, that. I feel like the time has passed. Yeah. I think a road trip would have been fun, but... It's a nice idea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everything needs a sequel. Any more for any more? No. Right, then, let's do the bits. Chris, what is the best scene in School of Rock? I like the first scene when he... Uh, starts them off on this journey of the School of Rock when he's giving them instruments, when he's telling them what to do. I just think that is the the, the movie in a nutshell. And it's so much fun watching Jack Black uh, give them all a job and watching their faces line up and watching him teach them. It's just the energy he brings to that scene, I think, is why I've signed up to watch this film. So that one. Dave, best scene. I've written down uh, exactly the same thing. And mm. I, I've put, you know, there's that nice bit where he says, uh, it's exactly the same as playing the cello, but you have it this way up. I like where he gets the drums and he creeps and he goes, nice, no, a bit George of the Jungle, right up here <laughs> on the cymbals. And then we get the doors, we get uh, Leonard Skinner, we get Deep Purple. Mm. Uh, so we get a little flavour of all of those songs. Um, Zach says, my dad says playing the electric guitar is a waste of time. And just Jack Black's reaction to that. Is yeah. Like, what? You know, it's and I and I do think that that sets up everything that we love. The enthusiasm, the the belief that Jack has in the kids, it's it, all just it makes me want to pick up an instrument and join them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, let me show you some magic, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to have this case on the desk. You wondered what this was earlier. Uh, I'm going to go with the gig at the end. Uh, yeah, that's my I, second. I love that song so much. Yeah. School of Rock by School of Rock. I love that song. And I, like you mentioned, Dave, when Tamika takes over the vocals, it is a real goosebumps moment Ooh. because, you know, she's gone on a journey from not being a singer. Mm. I think, was she security or was she... She's insecurity. Then she hasn't security. got the confidence because yeah. she feels like she has, you know, she uh, she's conscious about her weight. Mm. And, yeah, it's great. God, you love this film, don't you? I like it. I'm getting, I'm getting there now. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought I'd, I thought I'd just throw a curveball in the start, but it turns out I'm just wrong. I actually really <laughs> Like, really like this movie. Uh, your most valuable whatever. It can be anything, Dave. What is your most valuable whatever? Well, I think it would be foolish and it would be kind of disingenuous of me to choose anything other than Jack Black. Yeah. Because as you already touched on earlier on, Alex, I can't remember exactly what you said, but this whole thing hangs off Jack Black. If you like Jack Black being Jack Black, then this is a great movie. And I, for one, happen to love Jack Black being Jack Black. Mm. I think the shtick as well that he has is so unique and so original. And it's worth remembering when you look at what he was bringing to the table, he is he is a truly unique character and it's been aped and it's, they've tried to duplicate it and they've tried to do all of those things and it's interesting what you said earlier on about him getting sent all these scripts to be in those lazy kind of frat house type movies yeah, yeah. he isn't that he's like a fantastic singer he's a fantastic comedian he's a great actor he's got a real warmth to him and the whole and whilst Joan Cusack is fantastic and the kids are good and there's those nice moments Jack Black is the reason yeah. that we have School of Rock well put, Dave. Chris? Yeah, yeah, he summed it up. I mean, he said, we, we said a lot of the same things on High Fidelity episode when I'm mm. sure we all picked Jack Black. But yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't work without him. It's, it's such a unique point in time with that actor and that rock star. Like, I was thinking, who's, who's another sort of actor who's a rock star in this era who, who could play this role? Jared Leto. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work, no, does it? No. no. Uh, I'm just no. saying that to be yeah. stupid. No, Jack Black, 100%. Alex? Uh, well, seeing as he's got two votes, I'm going to throw in Joan Cusack because I want to mm. give her some love. I think yeah, she's absolutely. really, really good. And honestly, the line I laughed at most is, I've just been informed all your children are missing. That got the biggest laugh for me, so she gets it for that. Yeah. Uh, right, Chris, if you could change anything about School of Rock, what would you change? Okay, so we don't see their music teacher at any point in this film. I think we need to see their music teacher, and I think their music teacher needs to be played by Kyle Gass. 
oh, of the his, Tenacious yeah. D. Oh, yes. And yeah. then I think later in the movie, we should have see a guitar off between Kyle Gass and Jack Black oh, as good. these two warring teachers. And then at the end, when everyone joins them on stage for the second song, I think Kyle Gass should join Jack Black on stage and play with him. Nice. Nice. That is nice. Anything you change, Dave? Get rid of all the kids in it for a start. Um, <laughs> you. No, just I, make them cuter. Yeah, they just exactly. the kids need to get, be cuter. Get, get the kids in from kindergarten, cop. Then you got yourself a movie. <laughs> no, um, I, I suppose really that there's nothing I would change to pick at it maybe it would be quite nice in a flight of fancy to have there might be lovely scene going along the school corridors and as you look in through the classroom like Dave Grohl's teaching maths yes. <laughs> Liam Gallagher's doing RE but I suppose I would change I would add more of the jeopardy of the teacher coming up the corridor mm. I think there should be more kind of looking in on what they're up to I like the fact they've set up the surveillance yeah. stuff they could have used that a little more sure. just to heighten the sense of being yeah. Yeah. There could be drama. there'd be a lot of comedy there as well a little more drama. Uh, so I mentioned to me, girl, I love her moment in the gig. I, 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 I mean, I, I just, when she, the bit where she has the weight issue and she's like, she's conscious of her weight, I don't think the response of Jack Black should be, you know who else has an, a weight issue? <laughs> me. It's like, that's not what you tell a kid who's got no, I'm not, an issue with no. my weight. You, 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 like, you don't have an issue yeah. with your weight. Like, you don't yeah. go, yeah, 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 no, you do. And I do too. Weird like, moment. Weird again, moment. it's like 20 years ago. It's just, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be written that way now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, Ned needs to leave uh, Patty at the end because <laughs> she's a horror. Don't you feel like he has left her at the end? I can't decide. Yeah, I think he has. Okay, well, I then is, is, does she not appear in the crowd at the, at the gig? No. No, okay. no, but I think the fact that he's working with uh, Jack Black now suggests yep. that he's probably not with her. Good, good. Well, that's fine then. Mm. And that's us done. Excellent. So, it's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Right then. Monday, Kindergarten Cop. Today, School of Rock. It's time now to declare the film that we think is definitively the better movie of these two. Do we think it's close? Oh, I don't know. Which way is it going to go? Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Chris, do you want to go first? Or shall we let our guests go first? Dave, you go first. Um, Well, as I said in the last episode of this podcast, I was actually pleasantly surprised, not by the film... But I was pleasantly surprised by my reaction to Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. You know, I hated it when I was 12. And actually, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Mm. But after I watched School of Rock, I then... Um, bear with me on this long, lengthy, boring <laughs> anecdote. I went to get my hair cut. And my barber, she has an 11-year-old daughter. And I recommended... She said, what have you been doing? I said, I've been going, I'm going on this podcast. I'll just watch this film. And I said, oh has Lily seen School of Rock? And she said, no. And I said, you've got to watch School of Rock. And I found myself recommending School of Rock. Mm. And I don't think <laughs> I could ever recommend <laughs> Kindergarten Cop to my barber or to anybody else. Because we don't know who it's for. Well, who is who it would for? you recommend it to? Hey, come in here, little Jimmy. Come and sit on my knee. Have you seen Kindergarten Cop? Uh, so the fact is, that kind of really, the proof is in the pudding that having re- re-watched both of these films almost back to back, Kindergarten Cop is a forgotten memory that I quite enjoyed this time round. But School of Rock is a film that I can't wait to watch again with my niece and I would recommend to people with kids and people who haven't seen it in a while alike. So, School of Rock gets my vote. <sighs> One for School of Rock. Chris? School of Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it's just... Link later says at one point on that commentary, he said he said the thing about not wanting the kids to be too cute. I think we've got too cute a kids in Kindergarten Cop. Not my thing. And also, he said he didn't want it to turn into an after-school special dealing with kids' issues. And I think, as I said on Monday, that's a problem with Kindergarten Cop where we get into this yep. heavy after-school yep, kind of thing. True, true. And so, School of Rock keeps it light, keeps it fun. And as I said, I would... If this is on the TV at any point in the film, I would continue to watch it to the end. Mm. It's just an easy, fun, lovely watch. So two votes for School of Rock, meaning... We have a winner. School of Rock is our winner, but just to complete the holy trinity of votes, uh, yeah, I sort of walked into this episode thinking I didn't like School of Rock, but now I've decided actually, yeah, I do quite like School of Rock. And certainly, despite... Kindergarten cop having one of the greatest images ever acquitted to film, which is a man dying holding a ferret. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 not enough. It's just no. not enough. Were you going to vote for Kindergarten Cop before this recording? This I might episode? have done. Oh, interesting. Wow. Interesting. I, I might have done, but I'm talking about it and sort of thinking about it and letting 
Letting School of Rock wash over me like a, a huge wave of seafarers. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> just like, the, the lift doors have opened, the seafarers are all over me, and I'm like, yes, School of yeah. Rock is the better film. It's three for three. School of Rock Lovely. is our winner. But, of course, uh, do let us know if we got it wrong when the poll goes up on Twitter, where we are at ClashPod. You can have your vote. Right, then, let's look ahead to next week. Chris? Well, do you want to say the clue really, one more time in really a southern don't. accent? I don't think you made fun of me on Monday when I did this, but sure. I'll see you in court, counsellor. That was good. Thanks. That was the best one. All right, there we go. Right, next week we're getting a bit more se- getting a bit serious, aren't we? We're going to do To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. And A Time to Kill. Oh, all right. Serious. Serious stuff. Good stuff. To Kill a Mockingbird versus A Time to Kill. That is your pairing for next week. We'll be doing To Kill a Mockingbird on Monday, so that is your homework for the weekend. Until then, have a lovely, lovely couple of days. We'll be back on Monday talking To Kill a Mockingbird. We'll be seeing Ferrets! Good night! Let's hear it for our guest, Dave Barry! Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers and bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.